0: Welcome to Speeding Past 80. This is Ann Cavero with brief stories of faith, hope, love, and laughter. This happens to be episode number 52, which marks a special week for Speeding Past 80. A year ago, with the help of my son, Chris, I started this podcast as a way to celebrate my husband, Jim, and my 80th birthdays. Jim's journey with Alzheimer's began about eight years ago. His illness has progressed quite a bit. These days we are pretty much homebound. I wanted to do the podcast as a way of having a personal connection with the outside world. These few minutes each week have far exceeded my expectations. I've reconnected with friends and relatives in different places. I've met so many new interesting friends. Last week, Speeding Past 80, I Learned, now has more than 5,000 downloads. Actually, that isn't a huge number for a podcast, but it far exceeds what I imagined a year ago. I'm so grateful to every one of my listeners. Here's a shout-out for just a few. To Henry in Kenya, Yumi in Japan, L in the Netherlands, Alfonso in Mexico— and to Magnolia, a new friend who's traveling somewhere in South America. Hi to Ralston, a boy in Texas who listens with his mom. To so many good people all over the country and friends in Evansville, Indiana, Bellevue, and Bowling Green, Ohio, and far-flung cities all over the country. A special thanks to Michelle Blood, who, in the first weeks, wrote an article that gained national coverage and to Devon Monte, who followed up with a broadcast story on the East Coast. Peace, blessings to each of you, and especially to the listeners my 80-year-old brain isn't remembering by name at the moment. Next week, we'll start our second year of Speeding Past 80. Now for this week's story. Bowling Green, Ohio is an amazing small town. We have dozens of quirky, interesting places packed into the three blocks on downtown Main Street. Last Monday, with a couple of hours to myself, I parked in a lot directly behind Grounds for Thought. I walked through the back door. As always, the scent of fresh, roasted coffee beans welcomed. There's not much room for walking in Grounds for Thought because dozens and dozens of bookcases are crammed with used books. One long table in the center between bookcases is for large groups. Don't try to sit there on a certain afternoon because a large knitting group takes up the whole table. You might be lucky enough to find a small square round table on your way to the food counter near the entrance. Coffees, personally brought by the owner from South America, maybe Colombia, I think, but I'm not sure. Teas, fresh pastries, cakes, bagels an ice cream case, offer plenty of choices if you're hungry. Buy something if you like, but if you'd rather just browse the books, play a board game with your grandkids, or meet with a friend and talk for a while, that's fine too. Often people read a few pages from a book and return it to the shelf. Once in a while a reader might find a real gem and buy that one to take it home this morning in grounds for thought i had no idea an amazing adventure would fall into my hands all of the tables in the main room were occupied so i headed to the back side room and found my favorite small round table with no one sitting there this little table's backed into a corner the wall to my left has a large square opening that looks out into the main room Behind me, shelves are crammed with dusty old books. These books are the ones that were probably donated when an old house was cleaned out. They were often published in the 30s or 40s. Not many people come back here looking for books, yet I can't resist pulling one off the shelf and looking inside. This one's called The Raft by Robert Trumbull, published by Henry Holt in 1942. Well, that was the year I was born, so I decided to read just a page or two. It's about three men who were stranded in a 40-inch by 8-foot raft in the Pacific after their plane crashed on January 16, 1942. The month and day give me a shock. I'm holding this book and reading it on January 16, 2023, 81 years after these three men were set adrift on the ocean. Over the next 34 days, they would travel through storms, schools of sharks, enemy waters with no food or water, and little more than the clothes on their backs, until eventually even their clothes were lost. In the end, they were left completely to the mercy of the elements and providence. Well, of course, they survived, or this book would not be here, so now I'm hooked and the podcast material I thought I would be writing at this table isn't going to get done. In the end, I brought the book home. I'd already read several chapters. It didn't seem right to put it back on the shelf. How These Men Survived proved to be a fascinating story of sheer human endurance, even in a hopeless case. That got me to wondering about how people survive emotionally and physically when life strips layer after layer away. Interesting enough, not one of the three was a religious person, but between them they decided to have a prayer meeting each evening. Interesting, when life leaves us little or nothing, people often find strength beyond themselves. Well, for those of us who are caregivers for chronically ill loved ones, our losses add up. I remember clearly the moments Jim could no longer drive, handle money, find his way through an airport, read, write. Less clear are the boundaries of recognition. He no longer knows the faces of friends or relatives he doesn't see often. He often asks me who I am and do I live here? Still, his innate kindness and gentle nature survive, making our life here at home comfortable, even though it isn't what either of us would wish. So, our house has become our life raft. It's bigger than the one Harold Dixon, the pilot, Tony Pastola, and Jean Aldrich were stranded on in the South Pacific. Sometimes a caregiver's journey can feel as lonely as their journey. But Jim and I are fortunate. We have a warm home, much bigger than their raft, plenty of food and water, And now and then, I have an amazing hour to sit and think in Grounds for Thought. Please join us again next week to begin our second year of Speeding Past 80. And if you enjoy our small podcast, please share it with your friends and neighbors.